We're going to turn in God's Word now to read from Psalm 27 this morning, and we're going to be thinking about our starting point. Where is it that we we start? And uh, hopefully that will uh, become more clear as we journey through Psalm 27 together uh, this morning. Uh, And we've already sang a a praise song earlier on that's been kind of inspired um, by part of it as well. So let's open God's Word. It should be on page about 460 of the Pew Bibles uh, and also also be on the screen uh, before you. And we're going to read the whole Psalm together this morning. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For He will hide me in His shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in His tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Amen. And may God bless us the reading of His holy word this morning. I think one of the big misconceptions or maybe uh, misrepresentations about followers of Jesus, and, and maybe if you're new to church, maybe you thought that maybe you thought this. I've heard people say it before, um, and one of that, that is that, that as Christians, we, we have everything together, that as Christians, that actually we go through life plain sailing, and that is not true. If you're a Christian this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know it's hard. You know life's hard. You know that life, you hit bumps and you hit um, potholes in the road. And, and actually, um, I, I don't want you to this morning, but if I was to ask you, this is a rhetorical question, if the last year of your life has been hard, I think the majority of people would put their hands up. I think the majority of us, if not all of us, if we were honest, there's been something in our lives that has brought hardship or suffering in some sort of way. And this morning, that kind of suffering and hardships and pain and all these things, I'm just going to call them sufferings. Things, you know, so many of us have experienced loss. We've, we've lost loved ones and friends. We grieve things. We've known illness and cancer and dementia and pain and sadness and loneliness and depression and anxiety, sorrow and disappointment. You name it, we've been through it. And so many of us maybe even think, I've been through all of those things in the last year. We know that life's hard. And if we 
are making a mask and we're making it look like we've got it all together, then we're only fooling ourselves. And I want this place to be a place where there are no masks, that actually that we can come and be real with each other. I think one of the biggest lies told in church is the answer to how are you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> what a lie. We just say that to pan people off, don't we? We know that we're not fine a lot of the time. We know that things are wrong and things weigh heavy. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, well, that's not me. Then be grateful. But I pray that as we journey through this morning in, in God's Word, that actually that, that your heart will be prepared for when hard times come, because hard times will come. It's part of living in this world. And if you think it makes you less of a Christian or, or even less of a man, I think us as men, we, we put on this kind of brave, macho facade, don't we? Especially in the West. We think we have to have it look like we've got it all together. We know that's not true. That hardships are, are, are part of life. We, we, we journey through life and we go through pain. We go through low moments. We go through sadness and sorrow and hardships. And if you've never, if you didn't know that as a, a, about church and about Christians, then I'd encourage you to read your Bible more. Most of the Psalms are, are written out of a place of, of, of sorrow and pain. Most of the epistles, the letters penned in the New Testament are written from prison. There's hardship that comes for followers of Jesus. So many of the disciples, those who followed Jesus, they knew pain and even death for being Christians, and which still happens today. So friends, we go through hard times as followers of Jesus. Why do bad things happen? I, I heard someone um, speaking to a, 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 a relative the other day, and they, they were sharing about how they get their peace from God, and the, the, their relative said to them, well, I don't believe in any of that stuff. If there's a God exists, why does bad things happen? I think that's a question so many people have. Why do bad things happen? And maybe we can explore that in, in more depth at some point, but the simplistic answer is because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is marred by sin. There are consequences to sin. The wages of sin is death. The world is decaying. And yes, Jesus has died and defeated death, and yes, sin is defeated. And yes, if you're in Christ this morning, you're a new creation. Your sins have been washed away and you've been adopted into the family of God. But what we live as followers of Jesus in just now is what we could call the in-between. The now, not yet. That actually we know there's a day coming when every tear is going to be wiped away. We know there's a day coming when there's going to be no more pain and no more sadness, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more death, no more chaos. We know that. And praise the Lord that that day is coming. But until then, we live here in this world as followers of Christ. But here's the thing this morning. That we as followers of Jesus, as God's people, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Our feet are here, yes. But we're seated with Christ. And this morning, I want to just explore a wee bit about how that then makes us respond to hardships through life. Because if you've not been through one, which I know many of us have, then I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there'll be a time coming at some point in your life because it just it happens when we live in this world. 
And the psalmist here, in Psalm 27, he gives us like a template for how we respond to hardship, pain, and difficult moments in life. How we're to respond to them. And this morning, I want to think about our starting point. Where is it that we start from? When pain and hardships come, how do we respond to those things? And please, let me say, if you're going through a hard time, if there's a hard moment just now, it is not because God has abandoned you. It's not because God has abandoned you. That's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie from the very pits of hell. God has given you a promise that he will never leave you and never forsake you. You might feel like you're alone, but you aren't. You aren't alone. And so many, and I include myself in this, how we react and where we start when we come to suffering and pain and hardships is that we encounter the problem and we are surrounded by the suffering and the hardship. And then after a wee bit, we then move to God. Again, if I was asked you to put your hands up, is that how you respond? I think most of us will go, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I do. We think, oh man, how am I going to sort this out? How am I going to fix this? What am I going to do to try and alleviate some of these pressures in my life? And then we try and we expose all these things and we can't do it. We've exhausted every possibility. And then, well, actually, maybe I'll try and pray about it. I do that so much in my life. So we start with the issue at hand. And this morning, I want to personalize this for you. Because, and a lot of you already know what I'm about to share because I've spoken about it freely. But I want you to know that as ministers, we sometimes go through hardships as well. You know, we don't have it all together. We don't have it all together. My, pain, my heart breaks as well, just, just as much as your heart breaks. I cry just as much as you cry. And I've mentioned it a few times, and many of you know that these past few years have been some of the biggest blessings in my life, but also probably the hardest season that I've ever lived through. Just over a year ago, my, my dad died after decades of alcohol addiction, which completely changed the relationship that we had with him. After multiple suicide attempts with, that he, he tried just the chaos that, that his life had, that, that was my experience for decades of my life. And then finally, the, the drink caught up with him and he ended up not being able to, to recover from it the way that he had over so many other times. But as well as my dad dying in, in the last kind of four years, my three grandparents, my uncle and my step-grand have died as well. So what's that? Three four, five, nearly, I think, six family deaths in three or four years. That's hard. That sucks. That's difficult. That breaks your heart. That makes you weep. That radically changes a family when you experience loss. Even when you experience one person in your family pass away, you know that there's, there's such a, a loss that comes with their passing. And I'm not going to lie to you, it's been really, really hard. 
And I know I'm not alone this morning. I know that many of you would be sitting there nodding your head going, I know exactly what you're saying, Norman. I've gone through it too. And I know you have. And I've walked with you. And I said a few moments ago that in Psalm 27, what we have is a blueprint that David gives us about how we respond to these hard moments in life. When they come. Not if, but when. And the issue that many of us struggle with is where we begin when those things happen. Many of us begin with the suffering. Many of us begin with the pain. And then we turn to God after trying to cope with it. So what would that look like in my experience? It looked like me trying to deal with all that loss by myself. Getting clouded and and losing sight of actually the truth of God's word. Because that's what happens. It feels like you, you can't breathe. You just don't know where to go. You don't know where to look. Feels like clouds are just gathering in upon you. What does the psalmist say in Psalm 121? I to the I to the hills will lift my eyes. And he does the very much the same here. The very beginning of Psalm 27. Where does the psalmist begin? Not with his issues, not with the suffering, not with the pain, as real, as raw, as hard, and as, as real as those things are. That's not where he begins. He begins by, by proclaiming the truth of who he belongs to. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Samus doesn't begin with the issue. He begins with God. Because my sufferings don't change who God is. They don't change what he's done. They don't change what he says over me. But actually, who God is, what he's done, and what he says over me changes how I engage with my suffering. Hear that? My sufferings don't change who God is, but who God is changes how I engage with my sufferings. We don't begin with our sufferings. We begin with the truth of who our God is. So many of us look out before we look up. And the call from God's word is, keep your eyes fixed upon Jesus. Keep your eyes fastened upon him. And when the hardships come, then actually we'll journey with, through them because we still have to go through them with the rod and the staff of the greatest shepherd this world has ever known. And David had gone through many hardships in his life, but here we see his template. He begins with the truth of who God is. Do not lose sight of who God is this morning. And friends, I promise you, the enemy, he tries to distract us and take us away. And sometimes all I could pray through my hardships, my sufferings, the things that I still go through is, God, keep my eyes fixed upon you. Because actually, there is a peace that comes from keeping our eyes fastened upon him. And David then explores some of the things that he's been going through. Verse 2, when evildoers assail me. 
when evil attacks, when they try to eat up my flesh. And what he's saying is, when it feels like my foes and my enemies are trying to devour me and destroy me. When my enemies look to bring me down, verse 3, where, where he talks about when I'm encamped against the armies that are encamped against me, when it feels like I'm surrounded by all sides. I wonder, is that how you feel in this season? That you don't, you, everywhere you look, it just seems to be disappointment after disappointment, or struggle after struggle, or sorrow after sorrow. Friends, what we're doing there is we're looking around. Look up. Lift your eyes to the hills. Keep your eyes fixed upon Jesus. Before you look out, look up. I wonder if you could ex- relate to that, what David says in verse 3. It feels like war is rising against me. just struggles and, and, and just feels like every foundation I thought I could stand upon, it feels like they're slipping and they're, they're crumbling around me feels like I'm battling against it. Everywhere I turn, every avenue it feels like I'm trying to take, it feels like there's people trying to bring me down or, or forces that are trying to bring me down. But remember where David begins. He doesn't bring, begin with the issue. He begins with the truth of who God is. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And look at what David wants, even in the midst of his suffering. One thing I ask, Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, I just want to be near you. I just want to sense your presence once again. Because so often when we go through hardships in life, it feels like God is distant. It feels like that he's disappeared. It feels like we're alone. I think that's something what David's saying here as well. That one thing, God, my only desire is to be in the very center of your presence. To feel your nearness. Friends, knowing who God is and who we are in him makes all the difference. And God's truth doesn't depend upon your circumstances. God's truth is always true. His promises are always yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And his confidence comes from the presence of God. And God's presence isn't dependent upon whether I can feel him near or not. His presence is dependent upon his word. And he said, he will never leave me and never forsake me. And I have to trust him. I have to take him at his word. It's like the time when someone asked C.S. Lewis, why do the righteous suffer? And he responded by saying, why not? They're the only ones who can take it. We're the only ones who can process it. We're the only ones who can confidently go through it. Why? Not because anything to do with us, but all because of the one who we look to and the one we trust in. The one who is our light and our salvation. And hope doesn't come from the absence of struggles in life. It comes from the everlasting word of God and his unfading promises. And peace doesn't come from the absence of storms in life, but the promised assurance of God's presence. Friends, he is always with us. Even when you feel like he is not there, even when it might feel like he isn't. It's like that wonderful hymn, when darkness seems to hide his face. 
I trust in His unchanging grace. Through every high and stormy veil, my anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone, cornerstone. Billy Graham once told a story about the time when he was speaking about suffering, and he said this, suffering teaches us patience. These words were found penned on the wall of a prison cell in Europe. I believe in love even when I don't feel it. And I believe in God even when it feels like he is silent. And David, he started with God. He's talked about his struggles and his troubles. And then in verse 7 to 12, he comes before the Lord in prayer. But see where he starts though? It starts from not the place of his struggles, but from the place where he dwells, the place of assurance of God's presence, the truth of who God is. And David turns to active praying, knowing he already belongs to God, knowing that God is already there. And what a prayer he prays. Even with his faith, he still knows suffering. But by faith, he knows he is accepted by God. And don't belittle David's pain. Look at verse 10. Maybe even you can, you know what that felt, feels like or has felt like in life. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me. And I've known rejection, David says, at the most painful level. Wonder this morning, do you feel rejected? Do you feel abandoned? Look at that promise that David gives us, but the Lord will take me in. Isn't that such a beautiful, beautiful hope? That even when it feels like everyone else in this world, even the people who shouldn't reject us, that when they reject us, that we have the confidence that God will say, come to me. I love you. Come to me. I have amazing plans for your life. Come to me. Feel the warmth of my embrace. The places where you thought that you could be accepted and only you've only found rejection. God says, I'll take you in. I love you. I sent Jesus to the cross for you. In our sufferings, let us not start with our sufferings, but start with God. For he is our light and our salvation. And we are secure in him. And we are called to have faith in him. Thing about C.S. Lewis, that only the righteous can go through it. Why do, we suffer? Why do the righteous suffer? They're the only ones who kind of deal with it. How is that possible? Because of faith. People, we are a people not marked by fear, but marked by faith. That is the mark on us. That even when it doesn't look like things are going to be hopeful, that we know it's going to be. Because we know ultimately that God has great plans for his people. And look at, that's where David goes with this. He goes through, he starts with God, he speaks about his hardships, he begins in prayer, and then, and then he speaks this prophetic declaration in verse 13, I believe that I will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What faith David has. Even though it looks like things are bad right now, even though I've known rejection and, and, and being battered on every side and it feels like people are trying to destroy me and I'm going through sufferings and hardship and pain, even though all these things are happening and actually most people would respond in fear and they would just curl up in a ball and not know what to do. David stands as a person of faith and he declares that 
I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe. That is such a powerful thing to say. Friends, speak hope into your hopeless situations. Speak hope into the situations in life where it looks like there is no hope, where it looks like there's just death, where it looks like there's darkness. Speak the hope and the promise that God has given to you through His Word. God, I know that it feels like I'm going through loads of hardships just now, and I know that it just feels like I'm being rejected, but God, I believe that you're going to accept me and have good things in, plan, in store for me. God, I know that my heart is broken, and I know sorrow and pain, and I weep myself to sleep every night, but God, I believe that actually joy will come in the morning. Speak life. Speak hope. For friends, we are people not of fear, but of faith. I believe, he says. And maybe this morning you would say to me, Norman, my faith is so fragile and is so small right now. I hear you. And I point to what Jesus says in the Gospels. Even as your faith is the size of a mustard seed. You know how big a mustard seed is? It's tiny. It is so small. You almost need a microscope to be able to see it. Friends, it isn't about the size or the strength of your faith. It is about the power of the one your faith is placed in. Start with God, rest in Him, hide in Him, be secure in Him. Let all your life, the great moments and the hard moments, not be marked by fear, but be marked by faith. And just as we close this morning, hear the difference between Bertrand Russell, who was an atheist and advancing in years, and he said one day, the older I get, the more nervous I become. So Bertrand Russell, who was a well-known atheist, that's what he said. The older I get, the more nervous I become. Hear what he says in comparison to the American pastor, Jonathan Edwards, who moments before his deathbed, on his deathbed said, Now, where is Jesus of Nazareth, my true and never-failing friend? And then after saying that, he closed his eyes and he remained silent for a few moments. And his loved ones around him thought that he'd passed. He thought that he'd slipped into the world that is to come. But then he uttered this very last sentence in his life. Trust in God and you need not fear. Friends, trust in God and you need not fear. In our suffering, in our pain, in our heartbreak and low moments, beloved of Christ, choose faith. Start with God. Keep your eyes fixed upon Him. His promises don't depend upon your circumstances, but your circumstances are changed by His promises. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank You that You are indeed the Good Shepherd, that You are the one who is always with us. That Jesus, we read in the Bible that you are that friend that sticketh closer than any brother. Lord, we know and have known 
failures and we've known failings and we've known hardships and been let down and sorrow and grief and hard moments. And God, we thank you that you stand above it all. That we can begin not with our sufferings, but we begin with you. We begin by being hidden in Christ, by becoming new creations and being adopted into your family, beginning in that place we are seated with Christ in the heavens. Lord, let that truth change and shape our realities. God, help us to be a people who don't respond with fear, but who respond in faith. Help us to be able to utter those words, God, I believe. I believe. And maybe our faith is the size of a mustard seed this morning, but God, I thank you. It's not about the size or the strength of our faith, but it is about the power of the one we have faith and trust in. That God, all things are possible with you. So Father God, we speak to the hopeless situations in our church this morning, and we speak your life into them. God, we speak to the places where there seems to be death and decay and dying and sorrow, and we speak your life into them by the mighty name of Jesus. God, we speak to the sore hearts and the broken hearts and the, the weeping hearts this morning, and we speak the love of God the Father into them. God, wipe away our tears. May we know that in you that we can find hope and peace and security. May we know the very infilling and the empowering of your Holy Spirit in this moment to help us to be able to keep our eyes fixed and fastened upon you, the author and perfecter of our faith. And God, we believe that we will look upon the goodness of the Lord in Sandy Hills Parish Church. We believe that we will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the east end of Glasgow. For God, you have great things in store for your people. We thank you that in the hard moments, you are carrying us and shaping us and forging us into who you long us to be. So be with us, we pray, in your precious name. Amen.